I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the News Du Jour, a calmer space to consume the news. I don't know if you guys can tell already, but I have a bit of a frog in my throat. I have a crap immune system, and so whenever I travel, I always bring something home with me. I think it's just a little cold, but just in case you guys can hear, you know, a difference in my voice, that is why. Anywho, before we jump into today's very important episode, I wanted to tell you guys a little bit of the backstory as to why I do News Du Jour in the first place. In case you're tempted to tell somebody else about our show, you can know a little bit about me and why we do what we do here. So long story short, I usually start by telling people that I'm a political baby. You see, my parents, they met working on Capitol Hill. This was back when you were allowed to date on Capitol Hill. There were actually three different married couples, I believe, that came out of the congressional office where my parents worked. But by the time I was two, I had been in a political commercial and I'd also gotten lost crawling around the West Wing. Yep, Al Gore found me and brought me back to my parents. I also attended an international school growing up in Brussels, Belgium, and it's that type of global perspective that I bring to the show. I had traveled to 15 different countries by the time that I turned 13. I also interned on both sides of Capitol Hill myself, right down the hall, literally from where my parents met, and I worked on several different political campaigns. I studied art history as well as political science at American University. I also studied abroad in India and Italy, and I'm currently working on a professional certificate from NYU in journalism so that I can make this career of my own official as a journalist because people are always asking to see my credentials, even though there's not really a credential to be a journalist. You don't need a degree in journalism, but I wanted that just for myself because I don't work with any other journalists, so I wanted to understand where the lines of ethics are and things of that nature. I also was always the friend that other girls would go to in order to find out more about the news. That's, you know, whether it was high school in Oklahoma, when my family moved home to young adulthood, I saw a gap in the news environment that seemed to leave out young women. So if you're used to being stressed out after listening to the news, welcome home. The news can be tough and that's part of life. But what you won't have here is anyone making it more dramatic or scary for the sake of clicks. We respect and value your mental health and we prioritize balanced episodes that give you the most most important news of the day. It's not just doom and gloom out there, you guys. I know you guys who are regular listeners already know that about our show. Bringing news to you every day, though, is not only my great honor, but it is my great responsibility. It's something I don't take lightly. I really appreciate you being here. 
And now, without further ado, we're going to jump into three mini episodes for you guys. And then we're going to spend the remainder of this episode updating you guys about the hostage situation because there was a deal brokered since we've been on break. Let's get into the details. So first and foremost, the vehicle explosion on the border with Canada. So this was a pretty bizarre incident, you guys, without a lot of answers. But a car at the U.S.-Canadian border suddenly sped into a median and exploded, killing both of the people inside the vehicle. This was in the middle of the busiest travel day of the year in the U.S., so security was already like heightened. Luckily, nobody else was seriously injured, but authorities do not seem to know exactly what happened or why it happened. So things are still being investigated, and if anything major comes out from this, we'll be sure to keep you posted. Next, I just wanted to let you guys know that protests broke out in Dublin over the weekend. Unfortunately, they were anti-immigrant protests that got pretty destructive. What happened was a stabbing took place of three young children. The motive is still unknown, but the man who did it was a naturalized citizen. So word spread fast, but like a chain of telephone, the details became distorted, claiming that the children had already died, which wasn't true. This drew anger and outrage, obviously, from the community who then took to the streets, burning cars, buses, and destroying and looting businesses. Ireland's prime minister condemned the destructive riots as having hatred at their heart. And lastly, in our mini stories, so I can't say this is totally surprising, but Derek Chauvin has been stabbed in prison. This is the police officer who sat on the neck of George Floyd for seven minutes while he slowly suffocated to death. If you remember, Derek Chauvin was charged with murder and faces a 20-year sentence in prison. After the stabbing incident, life-saving measures were implemented and he did survive the attack. No further details are available at this time about his condition, but again, if we hear anything major out of this, we'll be sure to keep you guys informed. Okay, so right as we are going to break... We heard news that there was a deal reached between Hamas and Israel. Now, I wasn't rushing to report any of this to you guys because, frankly, I don't trust Hamas and I wasn't sure if this deal would hold up. And in fact, there were a number of hiccups along the way. But as of today, 30 Israeli hostages are home and 12 Thai nationals are too due to this deal. But the deal was literally three to one. You know, about 50 hostages released in exchange for 150 prisoners, approximately, some of whom committed violent crimes against Israelis. So let's jump into these details. A hand reaches up out of a dark tunnel deep in war-torn Gaza. In this hand, a note one that will exchange hands several times, making its way from northern Gaza to southern Gaza into Egypt and into the waiting hands of Israeli military leaders and discussed at length with representatives from far-reaching sides of our planet, Qatar, the United States, and more. This note holds the fate of over a 100 people, some innocent captives and others convicted criminals. But nonetheless, this piece of paper opened the doors of both prisons and buried tunnels, letting human beings free 
from their previous captivity. This deal was not easily won, and it came at a price for Israel. According to reporters from NPR, the United States essentially gave an ultimatum to push Israel into a deal of some sort. The hostages were never going to be released until some sort of agreement could be worked out. And we couldn't just abandon them there. Here's a breakdown of the deal. This deal included more aid and fuel for Gazans, a pause in fighting for four to ten days, 50 hostages released in shifts from Hamas, 150 Palestinians released from Israeli prisons. Here's some more of what we know. Three of the hostages released from Hamas's control were Americans. When many of the Palestinian prisoners got home, they donned Hamas flags and headgear and chanted in support of continued violence against Israelis. And according to Reuters, in the wake of these releases, Palestinians in the West Bank executed two men that they claim were conferring with Israel. In the same style as the Islamic regime in Iran, they hung these people from cranes while crowds cheered below. But as I'm sure you could guess, most people on both sides of this are unhappy with this deal. Gazan said that the 4-10 to day ceasefire is not nearly enough time to recover all the dead from beneath the rubble and give them proper funerals. Israelis are not happy either though. They want Netanyahu focused on all of the hostages before carrying on with this war effort to destroy Hamas. 50 is not enough for them when approximately 200 more hostages remain likely underground. I also wanted to let you guys know, you already may have seen this or watched it live, but the New York City Thanksgiving Day Parade was obstructed by protesters waving Palestinian flags and attempting to glue themselves to the road in front of the oncoming parade. The protesters wore all white and splashed themselves with fake blood. They waved Palestinian flags and were demanding a permanent ceasefire. They had also painted the words Free Palestine on the outside of the New York Public Library. According to the New York Times, 34 protesters were arrested by NYPD that day, and they faced charges such as resisting arrest, harassment, trespassing, vandalism, disorderly conduct, and obstruction of a government administration. I also wanted to let you guys know that, according to The Guardian, Israeli forces have arrested the Al-Shifa hospital director, as well as several doctors, for their alleged connections to Hamas. This is an unfolding situation, and we'll definitely keep you guys posted about it. Other happenings that are related to Israel and the war with Hamas, Susan Sarandon was dropped from her agency and Scream 7 actress Melissa Barrera lost her role in the film due to their pro-Palestine sentiments veering off into anti-Semitic territory. I'll let you guys read for yourself if you're interested what exactly they said, but I want to let you guys know that that happened. Bernie Sanders also penned an opinion piece for the New York Times that I felt was a really great breakdown of compounding issues here. Basically, it outlines potential action plans for the U.S. in leading this region towards stability because, like it or not, we are incredibly involved sending billions 
billions of dollars to Israel. So the issues faced here are not new, as we have discussed on the show and as Bernie touches on so eloquently in his musings. I think this piece is a great read, especially if you're not super familiar with what's going on in this area. It is not radicalized in any direction. It is just a pretty level-headed, where-do-we-go-from-here kind of piece. And what's even better is it's not long. It's a quick and easy five-minute read. I'll link it in our show notes for today in case you're interested. Abigail, Hagar, Oria. Gal, Chen, Adrian, Alma, Donna are just a few of the hostages that are now home and celebrating with their families, attempting to recover from unknown traumas that they endured. We're praying for their healing, as well as the safe return of all innocents being held captive world over. And that for today is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, what I am trying to cultivate is not blind optimism, but radical hope. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugarfreemedia. And that is also linked in our show notes. You can follow us on social media at newsdujour.podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. You can follow my personal account at It's Annie Bowles on both platforms as well. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oklahoma. Oklahoma.